Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Family Renewal Podcast. I'm Israel Wayne. And I'm Brooke. We want to talk about a topic that we've been thinking on for a while and one that we have written about in the past, but one that's become much more relevant for us in the past year. And that is a question that we get asked often, and that is how is a parent, especially a parent who has uh, a situation with health or some kind of a special uh, situation caring for parents or some special dynamic, how are they supposed to get everything done? You know, for us, um, we're a large family. We actually have uh, 10 that'll be 11 children in um, 2021. We homeschool our children. We have our own business. Um, we're involved in different activities. And so we're, you know, we're a lot like you, but we're busy and we have a lot of things that go on in our life, a lot of dimensions and dynamics to our life. And so my wife actually wrote a, a chapter in one of my books. The book is called Answers for Homeschooling, the uh, top 25 sure. questions that critics ask. And for those who are watching on the YouTube channel, you can see a picture of it on the screen. If you're listening on audio, you can see a copy of it at our website, which is familyrenewal.org. But you're welcome to, uh, and actually familyrenewal.org for slash store to be more specific. Uh, but one of the chapters in this book was on how do I get everything done? And that's a, a top criticism, I think, towards people who homeschool their children is, uh, isn't something going to fall by the wayside? Um, isn't something going to slip? How are you going to keep all the plates spinning? So I figured there would be almost no one that I would know who's more qualified to write on that topic um, because I don't know anyone who tries to keep more plate spinning than my wife. So, um, Brooke, good to have you back on the podcast. It's been a little while since it has been a while. I've done an episode together a year, yeah, maybe a year and a half. So, it's been a while. So, it's good to be back with y'all. And I am thankful for this time together. It's been a kind of crazy year for us. And um, probably our first year actually having uh, health issues, you know, dramatic health issues, chronic in our illnesses. Home. Yep. And so, it's um, it's been quite a ride. And my heart goes out to all of you who are dealing with this on a more ongoing basis. We've had a rough year, but we're starting to see a lot of more functionality happening. So, you know, it's not like... Well, some people don't know what it is. They probably think sure. you're talking about my chronic baldness. <laughs> um, no, that, that, that's part's not we've, we've dealt with that for a lot of years, too. Yes. No, we had Lyme disease come to our home last year. And after it was diagnosed and everything came down, we realized it'd probably been six years for one daughter and about two and a half for the other daughter where uh, Lyme had been kind of going on in their bodies. And it was only manifested in a more dramatic way about a year ago when our nine-year-old, eight-year-old at that time stopped walking. And it was a very dramatic change where she went from running one day to barely walking to the bathroom the next day and the third day, just being able to not walk at all. And so she had about six months of not walking whatsoever her nerves you know, I don't know the technical thing, but they basically had some major uh, shutdown, some dormancy that happened. And we were carrying her to the restroom. She was in a wheelchair. Unable Eventually, to feed herself. She couldn't even eat a meal with a spoon. Yep, the nerves stuff was so bad. Couldn't feed herself. Couldn't take care of herself. Couldn't get dressed. Um, which so, is you know, which is interesting because lots of parents live with this dynamic. Yes. With their children. It like, was just new to us. Full-time caregiving for them is not a new and novel thing. Uh, that's their life. But for us, this was new. We had never done this before. Right. We've never been down that road before. So we have developed a new appreciation for parents mm -hmm. who have that as their their lifestyle. Yes. And we are, uh, wow, we are deeply empathetic uh, now. I think before we were sympathetic, but having done it just for six months, um, we see how life-changing that is. I mean, it really changes the whole dynamic of your family and yeah. your your lifestyle. So um so anyway, so that's some background. We all had two other children who were uh, bitten by deer ticks and diagnosed in 2020 as well. So we had the COVID including, including a five day hospital stay, which 
you know, it just that hadn't happened for us either. We basically avoided all um, ER visits in our parenting. So that was new for us too. We, we'd had a couple. Um, we'd had a couple, but they kind of always turned out to be a non-issue for us. Yeah. And so this one turned out to be Lyme as well. And that was a big to-do for us. Yeah. For sure. So we ended up having four children diagnosed in 2020, along with COVID, along with the whole national shutdown and with our um, conferences being canceled, uh, our employment being radically affected. 2020 was... Uh, just a seismic year for us. But I think really for us, um, the Lyme disease was the most defining aspect of it for us. And so while we weren't on the road trying to travel in the same way, that's very difficult too. And the, how do you get it all done situation when you, how do you get homeschooling done when you're traveling on the road? You know, there's a lot of those questions too, but I think um, for us, the health issues really became the biggest challenge that we had faced on that front. And so when I think of getting everything done, I think of a couple of things for us as homeschoolers, the academics being yeah. a, a big part, yep. the house being another, just right. um, the housework and, you know, keeping things clean and tidy. And then I would say social life. Now, 2020 killed everybody's <laughs> social life, right? We, right. All, we all remember that. So non-existent. <laughs> yeah. So that was um, a new dynamic for everybody. But I think, um, you know, the social aspect of keeping up with family, keeping up with friends, that certainly is another thing. Then I'd say also relationships within your own home, within mm -hmm. your own family dynamic, with um, your marriage, with your relationship with your children. Um, those are all things that I think um, are, are questions that come up with the, how do I get everything done? Right. And then maybe in another category past that, we have things that we would like to do, which are hobbies or things like reading a book or doing a Bible study mm -hmm. or, um, exercise, right? Physical fitness or, I don't know, um, other things that come to mind, just things that we'd like to do that are so, you know, our kind, sure. you know, just things that are part of, you know, well-rounded individual. So um, what are some things that you've learned through this process? And, and what are some things you talk about in the book, uh, answers for homeschooling that might be helpful for parents who are trying to figure out how to keep all the plates spinning? So I think one thing that we need to discuss right up front is uh, you know, it is so satisfying to get things done. Um, you know, it's hard because we place a lot of importance on our worth and our value as a person by being productive. And some of that is driven into us by um, just friends, the the people we associate with, by watching social media. And I see gals I know who have just as busy a life as I do who seem to be perfect and get it all done. And I, I think there's probably people that look at my life like that and think, well, she always has X, Y, and Z done, or she's able to do this. And we start comparing ourselves and our situations to other women. And like right now I'm thinking of a gal I know who has, I think, 14 or 15 children, um, runs a home business, homeschools, and keeps her house clean. And I just think, and is always dressed nicely in the place. How in the world does she manage that? Because I have days when it feels like I'm just trying to run my circus. Well, let me jump in there. I yeah. think people probably look at you and think that about you. Right. Right. I think I think you have people, too, that look at you and think, well, how does she get it all done? And so I think we need to two things. Look at look at our productivity as sometimes we're going to have things in our life that we are pursuing. Let's talk about relationships. Or let's talk about homeschooling, education, discipleship. And those things are a bit unseen and we're investing our lives in those. And we start feeling like I can't even see any kind of progress happening. I can't see all the results that are supposed to be happening from this life. While everybody else we feel like has um, these wonderfully visible results in their life. And uh, that's, that's a, the thing of, investing in somebody, in a person, in your children, is that those results are not easily seen right away. And that's really hard to swallow when we feel like our value is on our showcase home, our car or our 15 passenger van is always clean. We serve gourmet meals and we look nice on top of it. And we need to really kind of back up and get a bigger picture and realize in the investing in eternal souls, in your husband, in your children, and even in those, you know, placed within your sphere of influence, you're not always going to see quick results. And the visible productivity 
may um, may feel like it's lacking. You know, last year for me, one of the most productive things I did was sit and hold my eight-year-old daughter and, and carry her through that pain that she was feeling and, and comfort her. And that kind of came around only within the last little while as she wrote her sister a little letter talking about how, uh, you know, don't be afraid. God is with you. And I tell you what, all those hours of investing and, and watching the dishes pile up. And, you know, again, we had a very simple dinner and it, it's like no visible productivity had happened, but I'd used those hours for what I felt at the time was this is the eternal productive thing to do right in my lap. Literally speaking that I'm holding my daughter. Um, I saw some fruit come from it, you know, six months, eight months, 10 months later. And sometimes our fruit that we see doesn't come for a long time. So one thing I would just throw in there is, is sometimes we'll go, but what if my children don't turn out right? And we go, well, what if we never get to see that fruit? And that's a heartbreaking issue that, you know, we all cringe at. And yet I want to encourage you, don't, don't dismiss what God can do with the seeds that you have sown on his behalf. And that's where we need to keep that eternal perspective because it's easy to go, I'll just throw a whole bunch of seeds out there, some eternal and some just very um, short term into my children's lives. But God is going to use those seeds that we sow, and it may not be in the timing we would like, but we also know that he calls us to obedience to sow those seeds. And so sometimes we may have to put the whole harvest situation in his hand and be able to just trust him on that and still be faithful. So my perspective um, is uh, you may be at a crossroads on this whole productivity thing, just because I feel like over the last year, I have been miserably unproductive in the visible parts of my life. So let me just cut in there. So yeah. are, you, are you saying that you don't get everything done? Oh, yes. So, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, I cannot, I know that we as women cannot look at our lives and say, uh, my worth and my value is based on my productivity. And we want to compare ourselves uh, to what other pe- women are doing and what they post on their social media. Um, you know, we all want to post the good stuff. And yet all of us make choices about what we will do and what we won't do. Um, or what, you know, what just falls by the wayside even. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging for sure. And I, I guess I would say we have to be prayerful about what we actually invest in. I know for myself, I am such a detail-oriented person that I can go, oh, I know I need to declutter under the bed because I know that it's done. And there's like a gazillion little dust bunnies and items under there. And so I need to deal with that. That's like super important to me all of a sudden. And I'll spend five hours sorting through, you know, old magazine clippings that I saved, you know, and magazines are not even a thing of the current times anymore. So, you know, this is old. Um, And that's important in the sense that someday it's going to have to be dealt with, but I'll miss the whole big picture that I have a bill that needs paid today, or I'm going to start owing fines, you know, just stuff like that. I, I miss the big picture. And this is where that concept of just choosing one thing a day has helped me you know, some people will say three things a day. Well, I'm at the one, one thing a day to focus on my most important one thing I got to get accomplished today. And I focus on that one thing, or especially I have a husband who can see the big picture and that's helpful. And I'll say, I- I'm thinking that cleaning under the bed is really, really important today. What do you think? Well, and let, me jump, to- let me jump in on this. So, <laughs> you know, one of the things Titus 2 talks about is it talks about how the older women are supposed to teach the younger women. Now, it doesn't just say older women teach younger women. It tells them to teach some specific things. Yes. Do you remember the things that it tells you to... I'm going to put her on oh, the spot here. Oh, I should have known this. I... Love who? <laughs> Love your husband. That's one Love of them. Love your children. I remember that part yeah, real well. Take, take care of your children. And then... does it say manage your home. It does. But yeah. so this is, a, this is a point that me as the husband, as the big picture guy, I have to remind my wife of this that they're to be managers of their homes. One of the translations puts it that way. I think it's just a great term. Yeah. Um, there are some others who say like keeper of the home. I think managers of their home is the perfect term for it what is. God is looking for from this wife and this mother. And so what it, um, what it implies is that you aren't supposed to be doing all the work. Now, there's a <laughs> point in your, in your life where you have to, um, when you have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby, 
hopefully your husband is helping, but you are there with the children. If you, you know, most of the time if you're a stay at home mom. And so that falls on you. Right. But as soon as possible, you want to be talking to your team. Uh, it's one of the things that you wrote in the answers for homeschooling book is about the importance of getting your team involved and training a team. Yeah. And that's what a manager does. A manager delegates. And I have to remind my wife of this because yes. I will find her <laughs> cleaning out from under the bed in this five-hour project. And I'll say, where are the children? Like, and oh, well, they're doing something. The children are outside, like cutting trees down all over the yard. <laughs> or some, bad. You know, they've just invented a flamethrower or something <laughs> like that. And basically what I've noticed is that when my wife is working on washing the dishes, doing the laundry, mm -hmm. uh, scrubbing the bathroom floor, whatever it is that she's working on, they are corporately destroying the house faster than she could ever possibly put it back together. Yes. And so what I've constantly reminded her is it's not your job to clean the house. It's not your job to wash the dishes. It's not your job to fold the laundry. You are to be a manager of your home. We have young people in our home who have way too much time mm. on their hands. They have an almost infinite capacity for creativity, uh, but unfortunately their ideas that they come up with are not productive ones, they're destructive ones. Now I'm not trying to put our children down. I think this is just the nature of all of us, right? Mm -hmm. When we're born that uh, we do not tend towards uh, towards things that are productive. We, we tend toward things, especially as young children yeah. that are um, the free time aspect is yeah, just... that are play and enjoyment, but that can tend to be just tearing mm -hmm. apart and destroying. So, so what I've told her is that basically anytime you're off working by yourself, cleaning the house, you are losing ground Yeah, uh, because they are destroying the house faster than you will ever be able to put it together. So to this aspect of managing uh, and delegating, what are some of the things that you've learned over the years about investing in your team? Uh, we did a, a session once on chores. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to the podcast on chores. We don't want to replicate everything we talked about there. But that is a key of, of not, you know, you won't get, let's just start off. And we should have said this at the very top of the program. The key that you have to understand behind all of this is nobody gets it all done. Right. And I think nobody gets to, it all done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically there, we all have to make difficult choices. The people who appear to be successful are successful because they have learned the art of saying no. Mm -hmm. uh, or to, delegating or delegating. Well, to certain things. Right. Because anytime you say yes to something, you've said no to something else. So when you say yes to delegating, you said no to doing the job with yourself. Um, when you've said yes to having a clean house, you have said no to working mm -hmm. on physical fitness at that point. And if you've said yes to physical fitness, then you have probably said no to reading a book. Or if you are reading a book and you're engaged in that, then you are probably not talking to your mother on the telephone. <laughs> Whatever it is, you're neglecting something. If you go out on a date night with your spouse, um, you're neglecting your kids that night. You know, you're you're saying no to something. You're and for some women, um, especially, that is a recipe for an immense amount of guilt. Yeah. And so, so I just want to say up front, nobody gets it all done. The people who have have the appearance of having it all together and doing everything well don't. They've just learned to say no to almost everything else in their life so that they have excelled in a few things. Mm -hmm. There's a few things that they have done really, really well. So if they, if their children are doing well academically, they have good family relationships and their house is clean, which would be huge. Like all of us would love that, right? Right. Uh, for us, <laughs> we would be like, that would be amazing. Um, they have said no to a whole bunch of other things in their life. They don't volunteer for things. They don't, you know, and you go, well, yeah, they do. They have said no to a lot of things in their life, trust me. And so I think for, for us, first of all, we have to realize that really nobody's getting it all done. They're prioritizing. Mm -hmm. So that's really what we're looking for is number one, the art of prioritization. Which is, that for me is a really hard thing. And part of it goes back to when I had the younger crew and I would put it not just at six, but maybe like even 10, you know, depending on, depending on your children and depending on how many, for me, when I had a 10 year old, you know, and then every two years, uh, down five kids, six kids, it was, I had to do so much. 
you know, and you know that as a young mom, you have to do so much. You have to be the one that puts the dinner together. Even if you have helpers, that help right. is really... It's not necessarily skilled labor. Yeah, it's not really skilled labor. I mean, some of those meals are like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Why was there a cup of salt in this? You know? Exactly. <laughs> there's there's just childish mistakes that happen, or you know, you thought, wow, I've I've been with that kid, I think, forty times on to- trying to teach them how to clean the toilet, and something's still missing. You know? And it feels like it's easier to just do it yourself. It really does. It feels tons easier. So getting together and doing it together is a huge factor. But I think going from, for me, going from that, I either have to actively do it myself or actively participate with everybody to um, having a team, uh, you know, that I need to be managing mm-hmm. instead of actually doing something myself has been a big mind shift for me. And I feel sometimes I still revert to because I just get into this. Okay, there are dishes to do. I must go do the dishes instead of going, hmm, now who's been assigned to this today and who needs to do this? Well, and one more thing, who is capable of washing the dishes in terms of your children? Who basically is the youngest. And then sometimes having the ability to graduate someone out of a certain chore, rotate them into a new chore that Mm -hmm. they need to learn, and then who can step up? Who is old enough right. now to step up and learn that? You have to watch that because you don't want your 13-year-old washing dishes for three years when, <laughs> you know, the 11-year-old yeah. could have been doing it for a year. Right, kind of right. And this is, uh, you know, just being strategic. And this means sometimes just getting a few minutes where you can kind of clarify to yourself or, or even make a note to come back to think about it later. Who needs a sign to this? Well, I had a thought on that because I think that that's really where couples need to have a strategy meeting. Yeah. And what that looks like for you may be different than somebody else. It could be a date night. It could be a long walk around the neighborhood. It could be uh, a time where you go to a coffee shop together and you sit and talk about it over coffee. I don't know what it looks like for you, but to have a strategy <laughs> Sometimes it meeting. looks like emails back and forth between the two of us. Sometimes sure. it looks like coffee shop. It's just, it's, yeah, so, it's different at different seasons. So you have the strategy meeting, but I think what we have to do first of all is prioritize. What are the most important things that we have to get done and realize that in doing that and being uh, successful in those few things, we're going to have to say no to a whole bunch of things. And I think just allow yourself to do that and not have yeah. guilt about false guilt about it. Right. Right. Because um, you're choosing to be successful in the most important things. So maybe it means you don't watch as much television. Maybe it means you're not on social media as much. Maybe it means that you don't uh, go to the movies, you know, once a week. <laughs> I don't know anybody <laughs> that does that, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there just are going to be things that maybe you don't have a golf game. I don't know. But you're going to have to choose to say no to certain activities in order to be successful. But that's a strategy meeting, I think, between you as a couple to work together on your priorities as a family. What is most important to us? And then when you have created your priorities, then you say, how are we going to schedule this so that things actually get done? And who are we going to delegate to if you can do that? But I think what we found, we're, you know, in a season, we just had to get away. We had our anniversary. We got away for a weekend for our anniversary. We hadn't done that in how long without a child? I don't know. It may have been even five years. I'm not sure. It's been a while. I had kind of forgotten how long it had been. Yeah. I mean, and if we were away, it was probably for a working, True. you know, like we're right. both speaking at a conference or something. I think we'd gotten away a couple of times with just a little tot. So. Yeah, you know, but, but just to be away happened. with just the two of us um, that we weren't speaking at a conference and we had no children. I mean, it had been a really long time. Could have been five years. Um, and so we didn't want to make it a working trip because it's our anniversary, but we did take a few hours and we sat down and said, we just really need to get a strategy. And one of the things that we realized is we weren't getting certain things done because we simply didn't schedule it. Yeah. And you have to spend your time on paper before you spend it. Right. Uh, it'll go by one way or another. We, we get to physical therapy with our daughter because it's on the calendar and it happens Thursday at 2 p.m. And so we're there because it's on the calendar. And when we have a doctor appointment, we get to the doctor appointment because we block everything off. We prioritize. We say no to everything and everybody else. And we say, no, we can't do that right. at that time. No, we can't babysit your children that day. And no, our children can't go to that program at the church. And no, I'm sorry, we can't log into that webinar at that time. We have a doctor appointment. So what I'm saying is like, you can make stuff happen, but it's because you schedule it 
you block it out and then you you prioritize it and you just say no to everything else. And so what we realized is certain things were not getting done that needed to be. And we needed to prioritize those by actually scheduling them in the calendar and making a time for that. And then as a couple, uh, like if my wife is going to be working on something, I have to figure out how to cover for her so that she has the time to get away and go do that. Like maybe you could talk about what we just did uh, kind of experimentally yeah. just this last week because we, we really needed it. Well, so, uh, you know, a lot of the things, and this is kind of just a life goal we have is working together a lot. Um, now we don't physically get that all that time working together, but just working on projects together, even if it's a little bit just of a emails back and forth. And we have a business, about so it. Right. that's so part of it. That kind of, you know, not every home is going to have that. But even just as a, if you have um, outside work for the husband, just the aspects of keeping up with home repairs and uh, children's attitudes that need discussed or um, launching for your older ones or what kind of schoolwork you want to pursue. What do you want to teach your children the next year? What kind of volunteer situations you want to have for your family? We realized that um, over the last year, so much has accumulated that there were aspects I wanted to handle in our home repairs or in even just planning out some high school transcripts and things like that, that were stuck because I, you know, I used to be able to multitask a lot better or be able to run my circus where I'd be like, okay, you're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing this. And I just needed a little time where I had no interruptions. So the delightful thing is our daughter works for a Christian family who owns a coffee shop right in town. And so I said, you know, even the shutdowns would, would I be able to come and just sit in a back corner for a little while? And, um, you know, they were so accommodating to allow that. And so in that situation, you know, I needed Israel to cover for me because we have a very active two-year-old who thinks sliding down the stairs is like the best thing ever. So you can kind of get the picture. So that those couple hours helped me just line up even some things that needed done, make some, some phone calls without interruptions. Um, so basically I said, I will babysit yeah. for this time on yeah. Monday, five hours, give you a block where you can go and focus and get some work done because we're bottlenecked as a family. Right. And it's a family, and, a family bottleneck. Yeah. And, and really it's because you don't have designated time to work on these things. These are things you need to do. And so for her to get unstuck, I have to be able to contribute to help her. So I said, I will yeah. take care of the children. I will watch them for five hours. You go to your your mobile office there at the coffee shop and you work for five hours and got a few things uh, done. Now, as always happens, right. things, things always are more us. difficult <laughs> than you'd think. And yeah. you can't get a hold of the people you need to get a hold of, or you lost the password to the account or, you know, what happens. So, uh, so, so we've, what we've tried to say, we're going to do this on a fairly regular interval where she actually gets some time out and I will cover and watch the kids so that she can go do that. But I know that this is moving our family forward. Mm -hmm. So I'm not resentful of that time. I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, this is time where I could be doing my thing, watching the football game and you're <laughs> off doing your thing. You know, this is not just she's going to spend five hours cruising Pinterest. She's working on getting our family unstuck with just things that we've needed to have done for the longest time and we're bottlenecked. Um, and, you know, not to say that it would never be appropriate for a mom to go just spend time and to, to just relax and be on Pinterest. That wasn't my point. But to say uh, right now in this season yeah. of life, we're dog paddling. Right. Like we are right. just trying to make it, just trying to survive. And so those luxury just go veg out times. They're they're for a different season. I would say, are, are, they, right are they between uh, rare or non-existent? Are they <laughs> somewhere in there? <laughs> somewhere in our life, yes. But I know there's seasons and everybody goes through different seasons. And for us, this is just a, a challenging season where we realized, um, you know, probably months ago, but we actually took some time in the last couple of weeks to say, okay, we have to make some time to get some thinking going on of Areas we're stuck in, areas that are not being managed well, areas yeah. that need some some critical thinking. And, and, and for, designating time to those things is not mm -hmm. a splurge for us. Right. That's a necessity. Like it, had it has to happen. to happen. Right. And so I, I talked with her when we were out on the road, you know, or when we got away for a weekend. And I said, 
I feel like sometimes we look at these things like, well, we can't afford the time yeah. or we can't afford the cost of, you know, taking time away from work perhaps to have strategy or, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. But um, really when you look at it, some of these things, it really does need to be dealt with. Like there was one situation where she was saying, you know, if I can take care of this one thing that I haven't been able to get to, uh, basically we can be reimbursed for $800. Right. You know, we've got this, this thing that's outstanding out here, but I haven't had time to deal with it. And I'm like, how long would it take you? She said, it might take me two or three hours. I'm like, well, when you think about it, it's like, would you pay yourself, you know, $15 an hour or $20 an hour to go work on something that would get you $800? Well, of course you would, right? And so that's where I think sometimes we just don't prioritize correctly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we need to make sure that we're allocating the time and even the money sometimes to spend time and spend money um, to be strategic. Uh, there are things in our life that would save us down the future, down the road, would save us hundreds or maybe thousands of dollars if we thought ahead yeah. and we strategized. But that strategy might mean that we have to go, you know, spend a day um, working on it together. Right. And we always right. go, well, we can't afford that. Mm -hmm. But we really can't afford not to on, on some of these really important things. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, for your family, what that is and what that looks like. So I guess, you know, one of the things that I um, do in my spare minutes, uh, but I want to take some time on one of these coffee shop days to focus on is how to manage better. And uh, one example I'll give, you know, let me backtrack. I feel like it's so important as we have up and coming children. And, and I would probably tip that at the first part at age six. I used to think to myself, five, a five-year-old can handle a broom and they can start handling, you know, some things. And I realized, no, by six from, in my experience is so much better. Five years old, they need to start more with that just barely learning to work alongside you with some things, but by six, they're actually a little more capable. And then another tipping point seems to be age 10. And then beyond that, of course, 12, 13, uh, even more capable. And so as I talk about coming up, you know, these children coming up in age, um, we need to shift our mindset from doing everything ourselves, you, you know, going into a transition time of doing it with them, which maybe you never leave that in, in a sense, because that's, that's where so much of the beauty of our relationship and good quality conversations happen is in that doing it together. But um, eventually getting into more of a managerial mode where uh, we're realizing for the benefit of launching my children with functional skills of knowing how to clean a toilet, knowing how to be faithful with a job, knowing how to problem solve when things don't quite go well with their meal or whatnot. Um, that's huge in them achieving goals in their life and being successful. And so we really need to not downplay, oh, you know, I need to let them do X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever you think is more valuable than actually investing in the home. And I'm talking about within a reasonable amount of time. For me, that's usually about four chores per child per day, um, trying to keep it within under an hour, an hour and a half of actual time that they would have chores going on in their life, because obviously they need a lot of time spent on their education and other pursuits. So I'm not talking about unreasonable uh, load on their shoulders. We're not giving them things that uh, we should be handling ourselves or, um, I, you know, maybe Maybe I, I don't know what all the situations would be, but just we need to think of that in a reasonable sense, but we also need to not undervalue how helpful it will be for them in their life if they have those regular chores in their life. So we're doing it for their benefit and not just our own, we're not going, oh, I want to go relax and stuff. But your children will not like that if you delegate things to them and then just go relax. So it's always important to keep before them you're helping our family function mm -hmm. and you're helping learn skills that are going to benefit you in your life. Cause young people need to know how this is benefiting them. They're not really usually mature enough to go. I just want to help my family just to help my family, but they also need to know if they're helping you manage um, a business or manage um, something in the family life um, that that's they're helping towards that project as well by making dinner, 
or whatever it is that they're doing. That gives them a bigger sense of, of how this all functions. And then again, if there's any way to bring them into those bigger positions that you are doing, uh, you know, bring them in, help, have them work with you. That's such a huge thing. Uh, and the managing thing, every goal needs a number. And that was a huge um, break for me mentally just to realize that if I don't assign some kind of number, some amount, some time, a due by date to my goals that I have for my children assignments, you could say, then it won't happen. So we've had forever on our children's store charts, um, rotating of who's supposed to clean the bathroom. And finally, I was just fed up with it. And this is just in the last year. I was like, we are not making it. And some people were getting overloaded with the faithful couple in our house were being overloaded with cleaning the bathroom constantly, or like their day would come once a week to clean the bathroom and it hadn't been cleaned all week by anybody else. So I made a chart and um, I would say if you have a children, you need a laminator. See, this is one of the things for me as a husband, I want to get her tools that help yeah. us to be efficient. So if their dad's listening, um, you need to invest in the tools that your wife needs to be efficient in managing the home. So if she needs a new vacuum sweeper, buy it. If she needs a new dishwasher, buy it. If she needs a, uh, a laminator, get it. No, no, I mean, it was under 20 bucks. So, you know, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't a huge thing. But, but, but what I'm saying helped. for us as guys is we have the money to spend on the things that we want. I mean, I know guys who, when they want a new gun, they get a gun. When they want a boat, they get a boat. Um, guys find the time to do the things they want. They find the money to get the things they want. You need to invest in your family. And your wife is is trying to manage this home for you. She's being your helpmate. And so she needs the tools. And you say, well, we don't have the money to buy those things. Well, save up, make a plan. Um, we don't just go out and buy everything that we want the minute we want it. But we, if there's something that we know we need, we say, okay, we need to save up money for a dishwasher. And so we will put money aside every month or, you know, as we get funds. Anyway, my point is you have to help her to be successful in what she needs. So laminator, bathroom chart. Yeah. So, you know, we're at the sweet spot where I've got the ability to rotate one person per day um, through the week. Uh, so we have a big family. Yeah. So it kind of works, you know, but I, I, my point is I didn't want to overload just one or two people with, they're having to clean the gross bathroom who you know, our, our household's large and um, if everybody it cleans well it, used. if it gets cleaned <laughs> once a day, then the next day, it's just not that big of a chore. Right. If we go a week, I mean, you don't even want to go in that bathroom <laughs> if it hasn't been cleaned in a week. <laughs> so this has enabled a lot more accountability because I have this chart that I printed off um, where I've laminated it and I have one of those uh, dry erase markers. So everybody has to put by their day, you know, says their name and what day and exactly what I expect, you know, for everybody has to check on the soap, making sure the soap's replaced, the new hand towels put out, the sink and the toilet are clean. But some people have a little more specialized, like somebody's supposed to mop the floor or scrub the tub or whatnot. And they have to put what time. And I got this idea because, you know, you go into public restrooms and you can see, looks like about six weeks back, somebody checked an initial, I can't really tell what their initial was. We travel was. a lot. So we see a lot <laughs> yes. of gas station bathrooms. We've seen a lot more than they we don't get cleaned to. very often, no. you can tell. <laughs> and so I, it gave me that thought if there's a reason they put that time on there. And for me, it's because six hours later, I want to know when that was cleaned, mm -hmm. if it was cleaned, you know, especially with boys who are learning the process of cleaning a, a bathroom. Um, and so I make them put their time on it. And I know this is getting very nitty gritty, but it's, it's just looking for ways to help as I delegate, engage, you know, after lots team. of time of um, teaching and working with me on cleaning the bathroom and then let's do it together or let me see you do it. Um, then there's an eventual time where it's delegated, but there's accountability that's got to happen, especially with some kids. They, they will shirk that job as long as possible. And so uh, it's posted out where everybody can see it. And of course, the person who comes the next day really wants the person from the day before to have cleaned it. And sometimes they'll even kind of drag them out. You know, I know it's 8.30 p.m., but tomorrow's my day to clean the bathroom. And I sure would like to see that bathroom cleaned. And that's helped our family tremendously. That's one of those things where I consciously was having to, uh, to go, wait a minute, why am I the one always cleaning the bathroom 
and I've got capable hands. But you need to, time to, to be able to think about that. Right. It took time to think it through. And that's and where, that again, as a couple, you have to strategize and say, how can we allocate time for you as the mom to have some time alone? You don't have to go anywhere necessarily, but sure. you, you shut yourself in your bedroom or your office or wherever you think, and you spend two hours and you strategize and you think about where are we bottlenecked as yeah. a family? What tools do we need? What resources? What would help us to get unstuck? And then as a husband, as a father, you need to work with your wife in that and say, I want to help you get the tools that you need to be efficient. The less time she's spending on the house, the more time she has to spend investing in your children. I'm going to say that again, dads. Your children have eternal souls. Your house and the things that you own will all deteriorate. None of that goes into eternity. We have to work on it. We have to manage it. We have to steward it, clean it, whatever. But none of that is here for eternity. It's our children's souls. And so we want the most amount of our time possible to go into investing in our children. So when you free your wife up with tasks that she's spending on your house and temporal stuff, it gives her time to be able to invest in your children. And so if you can invest in tools that help make that possible, that's important. We're coming to the end of our time here. Um, in that book that we mentioned, Answers for yeah, Homeschooling, um, top 25 questions critics ask, um, there were a few other points that you mentioned in that chapter. Maybe you could refer to uh, some of those other points in the chapter. And then also I want to reference um, this book here, which is uh, a book on parenting. It's called Raising Them Up. Parenting for Christians, Raising Them Up, Parenting for Christians. Uh, this is my latest title, and um, this book really kind of gives the overview of how to disciple your children and the big picture of parenting. You're going to find a lot of tips uh, and information that is going to be very helpful for you there as well. So just in the final uh, moments that we have, what are some of the other uh, tips that you talk about in the Answers for Homeschooling book that will help moms to get unstuck and how to be able to be efficient and not getting everything done because we'll never do that, but in, in getting the right things done, getting the most important things yeah. done. Well, I think, you know, I think the hardest part is obviously we can make plans and I love making plans and making lists and we're going to have some that fail. So, you know, there's that, but we'll have some that succeed, but it's easy to put stuff on paper and it's a lot more challenging to get our children on board with where we're going with this. And so again, I want to emphasize, um, I have family meetings where I say, you know, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Here's what our family needs to accomplish. And not just put it in my terms, like you're cleaning the house for a mom, because that's not really what's happening. They're cleaning the house for themselves. They're cleaning the house for the whole family and trying to paint a picture where it says we're doing this because we want to function. It's hard. I'll, I'll <laughs> jump in and say, you know, I've had those talks with the kids and I've said the reason, why do we have to wash the dishes? No. <laughs> we wash the dishes because nobody wants to eat off dirty plates. Do you want to eat off a dirty plate? <laughs> so, I wouldn't mind. Some of them actually like, are. Are you serious? Not too. That's when we start opposed. wondering about the genes. It's like, I know they're ours, but how? I don't know. <laughs> they look like us. <laughs> they look like us, but boy, they are hillbillies. Anyway. So anyhow, you know, nobody wants to work with negativity and you hear stories all the time. There's cartoons about people working for a boss who's just negative all the time. And I'll tell you what, with children, that can be so challenging because they get stubborn at times and they don't want to learn things and they don't really want to clean the bathroom right. And, and it takes us going back. And yes, there's sometimes where we're going to have to correct them, but there's a lot where we're going to have to be positive and swallow the, the hard thing we want to say or the critical thing we want to say and you know, if it's reasonable, let it slide. And that's yeah. really challenging. And that can be mean like, okay, there's, there's problems there. Um, you know, there, there's a little dirt. We need to go back and kind of quietly clean up later as they age. And as they progress, we, we want to be able to point out more and more so that we are teaching. Here's how to do a job thoroughly. Here's how to do it well. But the goal is to help them see how, how much more beneficial that is. We'll get these sweet little girls sometimes too, though, that they'll thrive on all that and they'll, they'll oil the furniture to perfection and, and get all of the sides of the legs in the chair. And you're like, wow, you know, that the, there are these children that can come out orderly and, um, you know, doing an excellent job right from the get-go. But I also have a bunch, mostly the boys who don't always see the need for being, thorough and so she's trying to a, say they're slobs but she's trying to think of a polite <laughs> way to say that 
<laughs> but anyhow, you know, that's a situation where we want to be positive and help them be um, learning and, and do a lot with them. There's a time when we have to say, that's, this is not good. You, you're not doing it well. You're not doing to the best of your ability. There are those times, but for the most part, keeping it positive, bringing on conversations of here's why we want to get our home clean. And, and I just want to throw in here too, and this is not in the book, but uh, keeping our homes simple is huge for our children in being able to actually perform jobs. We don't do this. No, we don't do this. I don't know. It's just been a big challenge for us to keep a simplified home. We have so many people. Um, yeah. And our, our house is not that large. So we have a lot of clutter issues. We have too much stuff and too small of a space. But we have really been getting serious about it lately and saying we just have to declutter. We have to simplify. Yeah. We have to find ways to downscale. And that means getting rid of stuff. We and sometimes it's hard to get rid stuff. of, you know, some projects that we had 10 years ago, wanted to accomplish and so forth. And, uh, you know, I was really influenced by a uh, pastor's wife several years ago, Dee, who gave me this idea of just get rid of one item a day. Like it doesn't even have to be a big item. Just get rid of one item a day that you come across that's useless. And it's and one it's of those shocking. things is like if you haven't used it in a year, right? They would say if you haven't you really used it in a year, it? do you really need it? And if you haven't used it in five years, it really needs to go. So that's been a it's big hard, help, especially because, with sentimental things, right? Yeah, that's that is a little harder. Um, but you know, just just that constant mode of decluttering is helping us to to um, have a home that's a little more simple so our children actually can perform their jobs and not be like, what do I do with all this stuff? Or where does this all go? Or it doesn't fit in the bins it's supposed to. So that's a long-term goal for us. And with one item a day, it's, you know, it's going to be challenging. But if you're like us where you're a little overwhelmed anyways and pressed for time, it, it gets a little bit done over a long, you know, there, there's progress over time. So moving on, just realizing um, this is a season. Now for us, this has been a 20, 22 year season, 20 year season, 20 year season, um, especially having little ones, you know, tinies, toddlers and, and babies. And that's just challenging. There's just, it's hard to keep everything moving and functional when you have little tiny tots mm -hmm. that, you know, they, they need so much care. Um, so, you, you know, I, I don't know what to say for those of you who are like me, who are just constantly in this season, we just keep growing and stretching and accommodating and, you know, trying to prioritize. But I do know it's a season. And as I watch now going on to our third that we're starting to help in that launching process, I blink and I remember them as these chubby little babies who were so needy. And now, you know, they're, they're learning to drive and um, talking about different job opportunities. And I think to myself, where did that time go? They were just like my little babies not long ago. And I want to encourage you while we're in this like um, <laughs> race, it feels like in life to be productive and just get the food on the table and just get the next academic lesson under our, their belts. We need to realize that it's about the people and investing in those relationships. I had this, uh, time I was at the grocery store madly trying to dash through Aldi and trying to tell an older child exactly what to go get with his cart and um, trying to keep the baby and the toddler from sucking on the horrid uh, the bar, bar yeah. you know, and trying to keep them happy and trying to look over my list and trying to price compare. I realized, wow, this would just be so much easier in like 10 years or so when I can come do this by myself. And then it hit me. In 10 years, I'm not going to have such a big household. This this like huge drive to go on a big grocery haul is not going to be the same. And it's almost like, oh, I, you know, there's an element where I kind of even enjoy the logistics of it, even though it's draining and exhausting and we get home and, you know, have to put all that, all those groceries away. But I realized I don't want to miss the people while I'm in this season of just trying to race through life and, and make it all happen and be functional. Well, what's that proverb? It says, where there is no oxen in the stall, yeah, it stays clean. Yeah. And so it's like my desire to be productive, to have this tidy, neat, clean home and to have my life completely in order and my wardrobe all matching. I have to realize, actually, this is beautiful to have this chaos and mess of life happening around me. Not that we don't want to clean up the mess or make it more organized, but the the beauty is that we have these children and uh, with with the ox 
in the stall comes a harvest. And that's where I want to see my life and heart spent is in the harvest for eternal souls. That's right. Well, we want to thank you for listening. And uh, I held up a minute ago the book Pitching a Fit, Overcoming Angry and Stressed Out Parenting. And uh, I want to recommend this book to you as well. Brooke and I wrote this together. It's our bestseller um, because all of us deal with anger and stress as parents, and it has biblical and practical answers and solutions. So these books, Answers for Homeschooling, the top 25 questions critics ask, uh, Pitching a Fit, Overcoming Angry and Stressed Out Parenting, and then the latest one, Raising Them Up, Parenting for Christians. These are resources that we wrote to help you, to be tools in your hands, and they will help you to become more efficient. Um, we draw from our own experience. We draw a lot from scripture and we believe that these books will be a blessing to you. So, hey, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Family Renewal Podcast. Uh, we invite you to visit our website. Once again, familyrenewal.org forward slash store if you want to go look at our books. And again, if you order from our website, we will actually sign the books personally for you. So that's something Amazon is not going to do for you. So we encourage you. We also we make a little bit more money if you if you order it from us. If you buy one of my books on Amazon, I make about 65 cents. That's all I get in royalties from a book you buy on Amazon uh, new. If you buy used, I don't get anything. But if you buy from our website, we make a few more dollars. So we encourage you to go to familyrenewal.org forward slash store and uh, purchase our materials on our website that helps support us, helps us to produce more podcasts just like this one that we give away for free. And uh, you can also connect with us on social media. Uh, we are on all the social media platforms. You can look up Israel Wayne. You can look up Family Renewal. We'd love to connect with you there. If you want to get on our monthly email, uh, it is familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe um, forward slash subscribe at familyrenewal.org. We love you. We will talk to you next time. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit familyrenewal.org.